Welcome back to Salt and Rock, episode 16. Jonah, truth or legend? So as we were researching this, what we found is that there is a very large following of people out there that believe that the story of Jonah is not factual, that it is fiction. It was told. Or is it fission? Fissional. <laughs> fissional. It's fictional. I'd put that in there, but people would be like, he doesn't know it. He doesn't know what fictional is. Um, so a lot of people believe that it is similar to a parable in that it was told to set up the story of Jesus's rebirth. And I have my own personal opinion on that. Um, we'll get into later, but it's a pretty good opinion. Well, I mean, I, I like you. It. You have your own opinions about everything, though, right? Right. So I don't. I don't personally believe that this is not a truthful story. I understand it could easily be seen as exaggerated, therefore not not true. Um, but I mean, the, really, the only exaggeration part would be living in the belly of a fish for three days. Right. I mean, the story of Jonah is huge. Right. And just the story without a fish. Yeah, you take the but fish. But you put a fish into it, you know. You take the fish side out of it, and it's really, um, really different. So so we've all heard the story, it, just in case we'll recap it real quick. So you go through the chapter one of Jonah, and you see that Jonah's called to go to Nineveh. He doesn't answer that call. He decides to flee. Then he's on a boat. The storm comes up. While he's on this boat, he's asleep. The sailor's in this boat freak out they say they start casting lots here's the funny thing to me they cast lots to figure out who is actually the one who's god's trying to, to torment because there's all these different people and all these different right. gods and the lots fall on jonah right every time so i'm like it's not even that they're just like you you like the lots fall on jonah which i which is a god thing right so there's that we don't really talk about that a whole lot so the sailors say, what do we need to do to fix this? Jonah says, you need to throw me overboard. It references that he had already blabbed to the sailors that he was running from God. Mm-hmm. So, Which would have narrowed down the story with lots really quickly. Right. Which, I don't care who it landed on. It's still landing on you if you're yeah. running away from God. Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the thing with that for me, though, is that he told everybody that. So... If somebody got on the boat and told me, "Hey, I'm I'm running from God," mm-hmm. then I'm probably gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm God, rolling snake eyes for you each your time." Your God's probably a sucker mm-hmm. if you're blabbing about it and he's not doing anything. Right. So when stuff comes up, I'm my thought would probably be, "It's probably not that guy. It's probably somebody else." Oh, okay. Because they're hiding it. Oh, they're so, hidden. They're hid- yeah, I got you. So that makes w- sense with him yeah. talking about it. I, yeah. that, which is why I think they were casting lots for it, or why I could see that they were casting lots for it. So then the sailors, like they say, well, we don't, we don't want to kill you. We don't want to throw somebody overboard. Mm-hmm. So forgive us, God, for having to do this. So <laughs> and he, then boot him over. <laughs> so they throw him overboard. And then the sailor, like immediately the storm stops. Yeah. Wind stops. Waves stop. And so the first thing that you see in this that isn't always talked about is that the sailors see God for who he is. Right. So even though Jonah is acting in disobedience, God's still getting a positive out of it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So yeah. the men feared the Lord and gave sacrifices. So pretty pretty cool thing for me. Yeah. So then it says that Jonah swallowed by a fish. Then this is where we get to the point that, uh, or to the part that a lot of people have the debate, and they say that, well, this is why we don't believe it. Da 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 da. Because we don't know of a fish that can swallow a man, right, and not actually break him down. Their thought is, 
if it were a fish, it would be one of a couple different whales or a whale shark. Okay. I believe there is, there's a whale that has four different chambers of their stomach. It would be possible for them to swallow a giant octopus, and therefore it would be able to, for them to small, swallow a smaller man. Maybe Jonah was on the smaller side. But their argument there is that that stomach would be filled with methane. And you would die. And so he would have died. Yeah. Let me, let me just run you through why I don't, I don't think that that's, okay. that's true. The reason that I feel that this is factual is when you actually read through Jonah chapter 1, there's a lot of details in here mm-hmm. that seem too detailed to just be a parable. He, I can understand that. He talks about he had already told the sailors that he was running from God, they cast lots. The, there's a lot of details in there. If you go through and read that whole chapter, it seems like too many details to be a parable because it wasn't just skimmed over. Right. It seems like somebody actually recounting a true story. <clears throat> from there, my th- issue with the fish is the argument tends to be we can't prove a fish that's capable of doing this. Or my answer to that would be, well... Tell me of a person, a person. Just one. Other than Peter that can walk on water. Yeah. Okay. I know of one. God. Right. Jesus. Yep. So. Jesus. Tell me, tell me of a person other than Jesus that laid in a tomb for three days and then arose. No. So, yes, the story itself without the God factor, completely implausible. I agree. However, you bring God in the equation, and I, I, I have a hard time believing that it's, it's true. I mean, so, like we talked about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in right. a fiery furnace, walking around. Right. I mean, it's in the scriptures. With fourth person. Right, with a fourth person. Right. Mm. So, so, and I think that's the same thing, Daniel Lyons did. Right. And so it's not, a far, it's not a far grasp for me to just believe that this is truth. But the icing on the cake for me is when you look at Matthew twelve forty. Jesus specifically references mm-hmm. Jonah as truth. Right. He says, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish, so I will be dead for three days. And I'm like, okay, so my, <laughs> so if you can, if you can overlook the details and say that it's just a really good story weaver um, or a spinner. Do you, did you have spinners when you were? Mm-mm. Okay. So we had this group of people that come in and they would, they called themselves spinners because they were spinning a tail. Okay. And I will always remember it because they started their, they always started their story out with three guys spinning around in the gymnasium in our grade school. They're Interesting. Like, We're spinners. Ah. Yeah. So Never heard of it. Play on words. I'm so, a lot older than you, though. I would have assumed that it would have been an older thing, though. I... So, yeah, you take away, if you can say that, that it's just a really good storyteller that sets up this descriptive story and throw that out, throw out the fish thing mm-hmm. and say, well, there's no way. The pro- My biggest problem is that I can't. I can't just accept that Jesus is referencing something as a truth right. if it's a legend. And you can't just throw it out. I mean, the story of Jonah is not the story of Jonah without the three days in the belly. Right. Well, Sorry, that, especially if it gets referenced from Jesus That's what Jesus in Matthew. references. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's my thing. Is like, he doesn't reference the, the anger or the sailors or the wind or the vine or anything like that right. in the story. He references the three days in the belly. Right. Direct reference. Right. So, <laughs> all right. So, that, so that's that story. Second chapter of Jonah um, is Jonah's prayer in the belly of the fish. And I say fish because specifically the Bible says fish. Um, I, we talk about it as a whale. I, we have books. Jo- my kids have mm-hmm. books that have a, a whale on it. We, right. 
you think of a whale because it's a big it's enough, the largest thing it's a big enough sea creature to swallow a man realistically a whale's not a fish so once you get out of chapter two um chapter two chapter two is exclusively this prayer where you see jonah realizes what's happened he he thanks god for mm-hmm. saving his life he was at his deathbed or he was he saw his life slipping away and he was snatched from the jaws of death. Then you see chapter three and four. He gets recalled. He goes into Nineveh. He he fulfills his calling, but God changes his mind. That he gets angry at God, has this plant come up. Gets angry at God when the plant goes away. Yeah. And then there's this conclusion of of God revealing his love, basically. Um, so we're gonna go all into that, but we wanted to give you a quick synopsis. Kind of like what the hell, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Why God? Right. So, um, say the other. right. <laughs> so let's, let's go ahead and, and jump into chapter one, uh, because there's some things that we, we can really glean out of this, right? Yeah. The first thing is that you're going to be called into something that you, you may or may not want to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God will call you and God will ask you to do things you don't want to do. Right. You know? And not every time. I mean, no, I, mean, I was called into men's ministry at the young, young age of like 15 and I said, hey, there's no way I'm going into ministry. Right. I'm not a preacher, right. but I'm in ministry. Right. <laughs> I uh, ran from that one. Right. Well, and that's that brings us to our next one. Yeah. There's always going to be a boat. <laughs> going in the wrong direction. Right. Right. <laughs> so so we see Jonah gets this call. Um, he does not want it's not I don't think that it's he doesn't want to doesn't want to preach in general. He just I, doesn't want to preach. He to, hates the Ninevites. Right. <laughs> he does not want to go preach to them. Right. At so, all. <laughs> so so then he sees this boat that's going completely in the opposite direction. So he jumps on that boat. Yep. And and today we're gonna have that same thing. We're gonna we're gonna have a calling that we would like to avoid. And really quickly thereafter, we're going to have a very easy opportunity to dodge it. Exactly. It's one of the things that we have to remember we have to remind ourselves that's that's not the way to go. If you do make the decision, though, to dodge that yeah. and get on the boat, then the Lord's going to send you a storm, and and that's going to get your attention, you know? So so you do get on the boat, you go and you take the boat in the wrong direction, you get on the boat, God's still going to get your attention by bringing the storm about you, so. Right. The good I mean, thing... It's that, a good story. Right. <laughs> Up until the worst nightmare of Jonah's yeah. life, which is going into a belly of a well for three days. Right. So... Yeah, that's the that's the thing. What I dug into on the fish because you have to remember, Jen and I scuba. I got to looking at some numbers, and the average person can hold their breath between thirty and sixty seconds. Okay. So before you actually just give in and breathe underwater and then drown because you're sucking in water because your natural inclination is to breathe, you can hold your breath for thirty to sixty seconds before you asphyxiate yourself before you like actually pass out. Let's say that he's right in the middle of that. If he were holding his breath. 45 seconds. Okay. The next section of this would be, is he going to sink? Being in salt water, he's going to be more buoyant. It's going to be harder for him to sink. But let's assume that he can sink at a standard rate of descent, which for people that have drowned, the reason that people sink when they drown is because there's water in their lungs. They start to float again because as you die and you bought, your body decomposes, it off gases, and so those gases will float to the top. So any, anybody who dies is going to underwater is going to float to the top at some point. Okay, unless you have concrete shoes on, right, Jimmy Hoffa. That's why when you think of people that are doing water rescues, 
you think of recovery divers, they go and they feel around on the bottom because we sink to the bottom when we die. Gotcha. So if if Jonah were in the situation, not having completely drowned, not breathed or not drank water, trying to breathe, and is sinking, mm-hmm. the average descent and it and there's a lot of factors, but the average descent that has been ex- accepted is five point three seconds for every eight feet. Okay. So for every five point three seconds, you drop eight feet with no current, and with the current, it changes. With your weight, it changes everything. So. Just averages. <clears throat> averages. Okay. Just just the average. 5.3 seconds. So if he's holding his breath, 45 seconds, in 45 seconds at that rate, he is going to drop 68 feet. Wow. 68 feet underwater. Before he begins before, in that 45 seconds. Before he would naturally breathe. Right. Like his body would force him to breathe, and then he would inhale water and drown. So there's a good possibility that he's 70 feet deep. Right. There's a good possibility that he's holding his breath longer than that, and it's even further. He Re- might be trying to tread water, though. And so here's the other thing with that, though. <laughs> you get thrown over a ship in the middle of a storm. The storm stopped. A lot of, well, but not before he's underwater. Right. The, I don't know. The problem, the problem with shipwrecks and people that are underwater is that you get out, out of your element, and you're not sure which way is up or down. That is... Yeah. And if you're holding your breath and you're not blowing bubbles, you don't know which way the bubbles are going. That's one of the things that they teach you in scuba early is make you always blow bubbles. And hmm. if you see the bubbles are going what you think is up, you're good. You're good. They're going the other direction. <laughs> and you turn around. I, I like that information. That's yeah, that's yeah. good. That's so, useful. <laughs> right. So if he's not thinking about that or he's not blowing bubbles because he's holding his breath trying not to drown, he might be kicking downward. So he might even gone faster. Right. But I talk about that because in his prayer, he says, I was as deep as a mountain is high. Oh, wow. My first thought was, we're, we're buoyant. If he was still alive, we're buoyant. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wait a second. Let me start digging into this. And some people are neutrally bu- or are negatively buoyant. So it's a possibility he would have been thinking. I don't float. Um, I, you're I'm a negative two buoyancy. You're lean. I sink. So it's weird. When we don't float. Fat ratio. <laughs> Wear a life jacket. I mean, for those of you that don't know us, if I stand to Britain's left, we look like a number 10. There's that. So We're not 11s, huh? No, we're <laughs> certainly not 11s. So there's that. But yeah, so I, I got a kick out of that. The, the mountain, yeah, yeah. as deep as the mountain is high. Yeah. But so he's he's he gets into this repentance mode. In chapter two, and mm-hmm. he realizes that God saved his life, and he says, "I'll do anything for you because I know that you love me." So it's it's just really this beautiful prayer because he, he his life is saved, and I don't think that that would have happened outside the fish. I just don't think it was, would have happened outside the fish. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have. So here's the here's the next thing. Like the very end of chapter two, he says, "I will do whatever you want me to." Right. Right. He accepts whatever. Go to the people that he hates. <laughs> but what you see in chapter three, though, the very beginning of chapter three, that call is renewed. He's told again to go to Nineveh. So I really think that at the end of chapter two, he's like, oh, God, thank you. You love me. I love you. I'll do anything for you. But I think kind of in the back of his head, he's thinking, somebody, Don't ask somebody, to go to Nineveh. <laughs> somebody else went to Nineveh already. I've been in the belly of the well for three days. I don't right. need to go now. <laughs> right. Somebody already took care of it. I'll do whatever you want me to. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't give the caveat of except for that. But I think in his in his mind, oh. it was, 
it was easy for him to say that I'll do anything you want because he assumed that it was already taken care of. I've done that. <laughs> you, you've I've done, done that? I, I'll do anything you want. And then, oh, yeah, I, I still have that same calling on you. But I want to so, do anything I want to do as long as you'll let me do it. And that's probably a good place to stop for this week. Tune in next week for the conclusion of Jonah. Fact or fiction? Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash saltplusrock. Once again, all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. <laughs>